Hello, everyone. You are listening to Kingdom Stories, where we tell stories of hope and power from the lives of everyday Christians just like you and me. It is my hope that these stories encourage you in your walk with the Lord and remind you weekly how awesome our God is. Hey, everybody. I want to welcome my brother, Rich Johnstone from church. Hey, Rich, you want to say hi? Hi. How you doing, Jesse? Good to see you, Rich. Want to start, by, start off by kind of telling us a little bit about who you are and then maybe start getting into your story? Yeah, my name is Rich Johnstone. I live in uh, Mill Valley, California. You and I go to church together, Jesse. We've been a uh, part of a great journey at that church, and so that's how, how we're well acquainted. I delight in seeing you serve at the church on Sundays in the unique ways God's gifted you. Um, and uh, married to Rhonda, got three kids and seven grandchildren. Wow. And uh, so that's that's uh, that's who I am, just in general. I, I would, if I was uh, looking back at the kind of the, the broad spectrum of my life and just kind of thinking of a theme um, around which my life pivots, um, the, the theme would be continuity in brokenness. Mm. Um, and so that's when I say continuity and brokenness the, the, with, with a lot of emphasis on the brokenness. <laughs> uh, growing up, I, I came out of a, a broken home and in, in uh, coming to the Lord, I just recognized my own brokenness. And then even after I became a faithful, committed follower of Jesus Christ, I realized, man, the more I knew Jesus, the more brokenness there was to deal with. And so that's been just a, a good journey all along the way. Uh, going back to family history, you know, I, I grew out of a broken home. My first memories weren't of my home that was with my birth, birth parents. My first memories were in a foster home. Oh, wow. So I was one, two years old when, uh, nearly two years old when me and my sister were placed in a foster home, long-term foster home. And uh, so that was the, the first point of discontinuity. I wasn't even aware that it was discontinuous. It was just what it was. And uh, then when I was 10 years old, I was taken from that home and placed back into my father's home, who had my father who had remarried. And so the family that had never been together for any substantial amount of time was drawn back together in a father, stepmom, and then six siblings, five siblings coming back into a, into a foster. So that was, that was another period of just of, of uh, uh, discontinuity coming back from a, what, a stable foster home to a, a home that was almost like the Brady Bunch, only much more dysfunctional. And, uh, and I say dysfunctional in a fun way because uh, some of it was very painful, and, and, but now looking back, some of it was just part of our family story that's uh, just who we are. Uh, every family's got their own unique dysfunctions, and we, the Johnstones had theirs. Uh, as, as a matter of fact, we, uh, in having a family reunion a couple of years ago, one of the first family reunions in years brought my siblings back together, their spouses and their kids. And uh, we had the, the theme for our family reunion is Johnstones. We put the fun in dysfunction. And that was our, that was our theme. So let's just laugh with, let's go with it. 
So when I was 10, I came back and lived in the, with the family, uh, with my, my birth father, stepmom. Um, and through, through both of these situations, through one, two, now the third home, I just see that God, God's hand was, was on that brokenness. Um, and I'll, I'll come back and, and, and relate to that. So when I was 14, I then moved to live with a different family. I moved from the family that I was living with in Chicago, my father and stepmom, siblings. And there was, there was so much dysfunction and brokenness in that family uh, that it was decided, and I agreed, it was best for me to move. And so I moved in with an aunt and uncle in Texas. And, uh, and while I was there, that's when I really was able to kind of get serious with my faith. Because here's the thing, in all of these moves, in every one of those moves, God's hand, I can look back and see God's hand clearly on each of those moves because he didn't he didn't move me to a place even in the dysfunction christ was at the center of of that home and christ was present mm -hmm. and christ was working uh, for example when i lived with my foster parents from two to ten um, they were first generation christians my foster parents came to christ as a result of uh, billy graham crusades oh, back wow. in the 50s and uh, and so they they raised me and my sister during those years to to respect God, to know Jesus, to serve Jesus. So I didn't really know much different than go to church on Sunday morning, Sunday night, prayer meeting on Wednesday night, choir practice after church on Sunday night during Disney hour. I grew up not a single time being able to watch that wonderful world of Disney that came on on Sunday nights. I'm still still a bit bitter. And so, uh, so God's hand was on that family. I came to know Christ when I was eight years old, when I lived with that family. Wow. And, uh, and came to know Christ, began to uh, hear the gospel, began to really understand who I was uh, in the big scheme of things, even as an eight-year-old kid. Realized I was a sinner in need of a savior. And with the faith of an eight-year-old, gave my life to Jesus at that point. And so, but then... But life, life still had a lot of uh, uh, discontinuity uh, to offer up. And so after I became a Christian, lived in two, three other homes. And uh, when I lived with my dad, my, my dad is a first gen, was a first-generation believer, came to Jesus, um, had his own level of brokenness, and it caused just issues in our relationship. And uh, so with that, my, my dad and I had issues. We had problems. It's just we, we didn't sink. Uh, but even through all of that, my dad loved Jesus. My dad read the Bible every night before dinner, aloud to the family. And my dad insisted that we all go to church together. Now, just uh, imagine what that looks like with, uh, with like kind of a, a dysfunctional family all going to church together. That was his own, that had his own uh, uh, humor to it among other things. So, and so in the discontinuity of that family, um, there was continuity because Jesus was present even uh, in that kind of odd situation. So then I moved to Texas and lived with my aunt and uncle. My uncle happened to be a, uh, a pastor of a church and uh, he helped me kind of get serious about what faith meant 
and I began to understand what the values of work meant, the values of, of respect, um, what the values of following hard after Jesus, getting serious with your faith. And that's the first time I read through the Bible when I lived with my uncle at 16 years old. Read through the Bible for the first time and began to see God's whole picture, not just bits and pieces of it, but the whole flow of his kingdom. And so at 16, 17 years old, really began to pursue my faith and to follow after Jesus, to read the Bible for myself, to pray in a kind of a serious way, to engage with other believers. And, uh, and it was right about that time that, uh, that I really sensed that God wanted me to serve him in a, in a full-time way, in a, in a, in a role that would uh, serve him. Uh, and I, I didn't, the only way to serve God at that time that I knew of, you're either pastor or music director or, or youth minister. I didn't, I didn't know what else there was. I didn't know the categories of missionary, you know, ex executive pastor, the, you know, the executive assistant to the senior pastor, all these things. So I didn't know all that. So I thought, well, mm -hmm. the only thing I know to be, I knew I wasn't a youth pastor. I had no music skills. So, okay. I, I guess God's calling me to preach is what they got call, called to preach. Mm -hmm. The truth was, uh, I didn't necessarily sense that the preaching was my gift set, but I did realize that God still wanted me to serve the church. And so I've, as, as God began to make clear what that calling was at 16, 17 years old, I just, I began to understand later on that that calling was more mission facilitation, helping, helping people find their place in God's kingdom work. Mm. So rather than pastor and shepherd a single church, I was able to kind of instill, I'm able to kind of shepherd and facilitate uh, others understanding their call and fulfilling their call. And, and being mm. placed into a, a place where they can live out their call as a missionary, whatever that looks like, whether here or overseas. So, so back to the family. So at 16, 17 years old, God was present. God was active in my heart and uh, um, uh, began to live out my adult faith, began to pursue education in pursuit of the call. And uh, so that's where I met Rhonda when I went to college and uh, was my third year of college, Rhonda's first year, began to uh, think about what, what's, what's life going to look like after college, you know, and, uh, and so God brought Rhonda into my life, and I pursued her, uh, and not really um, sure why she said yes to moving and picking up from Texas and moving all the way to California, sight unseen, um, but she did. She did. And that, uh, that happened. And so I, I was determined that since God was faithful to me through these different levels of brokenness and discontinuity in my own family story, that I wanted to have a family that would serve God. So, so when Rhonda and I got married, uh, the first thing we did after literally first thing we did after after we got married after the wedding first thing we did i, I said okay Rhonda, before we go into this marriage i just i want to read a bible scripture to us so i read ephesians chapter five and we read that together we read it aloud and we prayed and we just asked god to to bless our marriage because we had no idea <laughs> we, we thought we were so mature 
I was 22, she was 20. And, uh, but I do think that uh, there was some value in just a setting, Ephesians chapter five, God's order for marriage and the family uh, as a foundation for our home. And you know what, God, had, he blessed that. He blessed, I think, my commitment to uh, serving God in a, in a, a godly marriage. Um, I realized that looking back, it's just not about my decision to follow after God, but I, I think God had his hand on my family since I was, you know, was born, since I was two years old. He had his hand on my family when I was living in those different homes. He had his family not just on me, but also on my siblings. All of the, uh, I'm, I'm one of uh, six siblings in the original sibling set and then a, a, another half sister. All of us who are married are all married to our original spouses and remain married. And so that's a blessing. All of us coming from broken homes and, and just, and just reacting to that brokenness in different ways and coming with the same, you know, different kinds of junk that we're all working through and God's still working. So with that, God had his hand and his covering over each of all of my siblings so that, uh, so that they're, they're now we still have dysfunction and we're still, you know, have our issues, but God is faithful and it's evident that God is faithful in our marriages and, and with our kids. Um, and so I just, I, I really take delight in now looking back at my story and seeing that foundation, I'm seeing the, the benefit and the fruit of the, of the next generation and now the, now the second generation. So Rhonda and I have three, three children. They were born um, about four, three and a half, four, three and a half years apart uh, among them. Uh, and uh, two, of, two of them are married with family. Aaron lives with us and um, uh, loves Jesus. They all love Jesus. They're all serving Jesus in their own way. Those with children are raising their children to follow after the Lord. And um, just to, and that is just um, the, kind of the icing on the cake. So it's fun to give glory to God and say, hey, God, you're, you're doing a good thing in my life. Thank you. It's uh, a double, triple blessing to see what God is doing in the life of kids and now the fact that they're raising their own kids in, in the Lord. And uh, so, so the oldest of the seven grandchildren is, is six years old. And those that are uh, the kids that are getting around that age, four or five, six years old, they're, they're hearing about Jesus. Uh, they've heard about Jesus all their lives. They're beginning to have those conversations and uh, uh, just really see a pathway for them to come to know the Lord. So generational blessing is, is kind of how I view it. A passage of scripture that, that really speaks to me through the years, even now, as for this is Psalm 103. As for man, his days are like grass. He flourishes like a flower of the field, and the wind blows over it and is gone, and the place remembers it no more. And here's the, the money verse. But from everlasting to everlasting, the Lord's love is with those who fear him and his righteousness with their children's children. The first verse talks about uh, the grass grows, the, you know, the flowers flourish, then the wind passes over and it's gone. Talks about the, the moment. The moment is gone, it's vanishing, it's fleeting. But those who follow after Jesus, his blessing to them is like from everlasting to everlasting. So Jesse, what I, I think 
the heart of my story, discontinuity, God's discontinuity in brokenness shows through particularly in this verse. And so that's a, a life theme verse for me mm. in that way. And then uh, the final part of that verse and his righteousness with their children's children. So I'm seeing that not just as a metaphor, but I'm seeing it lived out even right now. And so as, as a young, the younger you are, the smaller your world is. I know that as a, as a young person, it's like, I, I just want to know what's for dinner. That's all I want to know. And uh, if I can just get my next snack or next meal or go out and play or whatever, that's great. Mm -hmm. Over you get, the more life experience, the more you see uh, God revealing himself, the bigger your world can get. Not, not everybody who has experience really sees that. But if you're opening your eyes to what God's say, saying and, and what he's showing you, what he's revealing, you can see that this life is more than just in the moment that there's an eternal perspective. And so I, I think the story of, of my life is not, not that, um, I think it's, it's more about having uh, God bringing about that eternal perspective on me, on my wife, on my kids, and how God had that eternal perspective on my parents uh, who went to a Billy Graham crusade, my father who got saved, and who in his own level of dysfunction, came home and read the Bible every night. He didn't do a lot, of, a lot of other things in parenting right, but he got that piece right. And so I take that with me. And, uh, and I, take, uh, I take my foster mom, you know, as I look at her, she, she read books to us, missionary stories. Uh, and she had the, the gift of reading through a chapter and getting to the, getting to the highlight of that chapter and, and closing the book and say, well, we're not going to find out about how that story ends until tomorrow night. We're going to read the next chapter. And she'd leave me hanging, wanting to know how the missionary story ends. And so those kinds of things were bred in my heart, just a knit in my soul. That, that, uh, uh, so, so when God did speak to me directly through his word and through others, uh, I, my heart was ready. My heart was ready to follow after Jesus. And uh, uh, so it's, it's really a delight to go through life knowing who God is and just getting to know him better. Um, and, and I know even uh, in, this, in this year, 2020, uh, it's so easy to get stuck in the day, to get stuck mm -hmm. in the moment, to get stuck in the, the news cycle, to get stuck in the politics and, uh, you know, I, I get stuck as much as anybody, but, um, but I do know th that if I want to get unstuck, I go and I say, God, what, what have you been doing? Mm -hmm. Not just in my life, but what have you been doing in eternity past? What, what did you promise that you're going to be doing in eternity future? And what's my tiny little role in it that you want to bless me with? And so, so I, see, I see God as, as big panorama sweeping arc of history and eternity and i see my little tiny role in it and i say god thank you thank you for blessing me and let, letting me live in this dysfunctional state going to a a church that's got its own issues but we love jesus uh, living in a family that um, we're spending our whole life trying to figure out how to fix what's broken but doing it with jesus so mm -hmm. going back to the just reiterating the, the theme continuity in brokenness is mm. uh, is the story that i think 
probably best encapsulates what, what God has done in me and through me. So I, I take delight in, uh, in seeing young men, young women, as they, as they kind of sort things out, sort their faith out, um, see the bigger picture and, uh, and see that if, if you're not married, you know, God, that's, it, it's, it's a tiny thing, maybe not to, the, not to singles, but maybe it's a tiny thing. But in the big picture, it kind of is a tinier thing uh, mm-hmm. when you see what God's trying to do and his bigger purposes. Uh, so, uh, so, so you're, you're trying to work with, with singles and, and young people, maybe who are new Christians. It sounds like, because looking at your, your story, you've got this whole, I almost want to say ancestry, where you've got like all these first generation Christians just trying to do a small piece and that that brought about dividends in in you and then your children and then your grandchildren and and that's yeah and that's true just from Uh, that those small acts they were doing it was uh small small steps of faith but serious faith that uh, transformed lives um uh and so um i do have I, I did a, like the ancestry.com thing. I did the DNA analysis. And so that's kind of cool. I was looking at that, looking at the, you know, going up the chain. And I, and one interesting thing that I found out, uh, it's, it's, it's more my political heritage, I guess, uh, a geopolitical. Uh, so my, my bloodline goes up and I've, I, I've got folks that fought in the Civil War on the side of the North. And then I married a gal from Texas who's got folks that fought on the Civil War on the side of the South. And so uh, that was just kind of a, a fun little thing. So, but we, we get along in, in spite of that. But, yeah. but that's, so, so that's, that, that, that arc of history is, is evident even going back to the generations past that I don't even know. But, but the generations that I do know and I am familiar with, I am beneficiary of decisions, specific life-changing decisions that my, my folks and those who raised me, every one of them uh, uh, made years past. So it sounds like an encouragement to new believers and young people that it's, it's the, the small things that build your character, build your faith, that really define the generation, you know? And when they want to have kids, I'd like to have kids someday. Yeah, you know, it's got to be these things that I'm, I'm pursuing, even if it's not easy. It's it is staying faithful in the moment. At least that's from experience. Staying faithful in the moment, and it seems like a grind every day that you do it. But then you look back and say, "Wow, oh, here's where I was six months, a year, ten years ago. Here's where I am today. God's done a big thing." just through just through daily faithful decisions to stay focused on him to avoid those things that would just create havoc and destruction in our lives and dishonor god and dishonor ourselves uh just living some have called it the straight life and by straight i what i mean is straight and narrow mm-hmm. <laughs> the, the, the the straight life that there's there's value in that there is um it 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 keeps you on track and it's not it's not just being good but it's being godly being mm-hmm. godly because god lives in you and through you and, and staying focused on that there's there's high high value in that it seems it can seem to from the outside in well that's maybe that's the boring life 
well, maybe from the outside looking in, it, it might look that way, but I'm telling you, there's, there's high adventure, as much adventure as you can handle following Jesus, living the straight life. Uh, it's, uh, it, it's, it's encouraging. That's awesome. So you said that your, your ministry is helping people find their ministry, find their calling. Yeah, particularly, particularly in, in churches uh, that have a desire to reproduce their church and start new churches. And so it's helping, helping church leadership teams that, that have a heart to reproduce, to give them uh, encouragement, but, but also systems and pathways to help them reproduce and uh, start new churches. I mean, and, and our church is, is, is an example of, as, as we've birthed a new church even in the last two weeks. Yeah. Um, but we're, uh, I, I work with teams that, that, uh, that gets to see this happen all over, particularly in the Bay Area where my focus is. Um, that, uh, that people understand their calling, they know, they know their calling to perhaps plant a church and then, uh, and then give them the training and the, the encouragement and the people support and the vision uh, to pull it off. That's awesome. So back when you were a kid, you know, what, what direction did you think you were going to go and how did that change to being essentially like a church facilitator or church planting coordinator or something like that. Like what, how did you go from, I like fire trucks, you know, to, yeah. wow, God wants me to plant, help churches plant churches. Like how did that transition happen? Well, I was, I was really interested in, in, in law enforcement. I thought that, man, that's cool. So I thought, well, I, I'll try that pathway. And I was interested in agriculture. I lived in Texas and got really hands-on, you know, by hands-on, I mean, I was doing hands-on. I was, I was raising, you know, raising dairy cattle and, um, and just as a project. And so I, um, everything that goes along with, uh, with having to take care of large animals, I got my hands-on directly and I won't go into detail, but I would, uh, but I will say um, that, that as I began to get serious with my faith, that's, that's when God impressed upon me, hey, ministry, follow after me. And as I said, I, I thought, well, maybe, maybe I, I, that just means being a pastor. And so I was a, a prepared and I became a pastor. But in the pastoral role, that's when God kind of helped shape and hone as I was pastoring a church. Hey, here's, here's, the, here's the different role. Here's the facet of ministry that I want you to really focus in on because I, mm. I just, I leaned into encouraging pastors. I leaned into um, uh, in, in, um, helping people understand their calling. And so I uh, was able to go into a, a role, ministry role that uh, was, was um, that allowed me to, to do focus just on that. Interesting. So, so you went to being a pastor and God was like, well, yeah, ministry, but not that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think, I think that's part of what we all do is, okay, mm -hmm. to the best of my understanding, I'm going to follow your call, God. Yeah. And, and you do it. And, and then God has a, a great way of redirecting uh, when we're obedient. And it's not saying what you did was wrong. It's like you obeyed to what you knew. And mm -hmm. then God says, okay, now here's the next step in obedience. Yeah. Um, so there's a like really good passage. 
that I like about this. And it's Romans 12, 1 and 2. I'm sure you've heard of that one before. But, you know, it's, it's like, you know, give him your, first, first you give him your body, and then you give him your mind, and then by testing, you will discern what, what God's will is. Like, you got to try things, you know. And after, you, after you've given your bodies a living sacrifice and you've committed your mind to be renewed, then you just try things. It's like, yeah, this doesn't feel right, but I know I did a good thing. And you try something else, you know. And I just, I think that's that feedback loop, that feedback process right. is it's awesome how God kind of like gets you closer and closer until suddenly you find it. And it's like, oh, this is what God made me to do. Life and calling isn't static. It's, it's dynamic. It shifts. Um, God's purposes and his mission don't change. But, but my, my little tiny role in it might shift uh, and get honed. Uh, and uh, corrected. Yeah, that's awesome. Did you have any other takeaways you wanted people to, to pick up from this, or instances in your life where, where you think people ought to ought to learn from your lessons or mistakes? No, uh, I, I, you know, just I, I, I would say just a faithfulness. Not that I'm a, an example of. Of, of, of faith that everybody should look up to, but just not, not giving up on, on life, not giving up on God when things get tough, because I really, I did really, I didn't go into detail, but just go, going through the, 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 the family uh, ups and downs, there were, there were some downs that were very, very low and, uh, and very difficult, very hard. And uh, just have taken years of, of just, asking God to, to do that, that healing work, which, he, which he's done and he's doing. Um, and so just faithful through even the, 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 hardest, the hardest of challenges because uh, those are temporary and, and uh, uh, God is good and, and God wants good for his people. So remember the eternal perspective and don't get muddled in the details of your own the, life the right bigger now. picture De work with the details don't ignore them but don't get stuck in them yeah. it's a good lesson to learn from all this well sir thank you so much for your time you know it's been awesome hearing your story i got to know a little more about you which i hadn't heard any of that stuff before so you know i yeah. I, I, I look at you and you look like a i hate to say stereotypical pastor but you know you you look very you look like you've been a pastor for a long time, you know, and it's that straight life. Yeah. And it'd be interesting. It's interesting to me seeing you and then hearing you bounce between homes, your whole upbringing. And I would never have guessed that, you know? Yeah. And, that, and that's good. And it in one sense, that's a real, a real testimony to God can make somebody kind of at least peer, appear functional, even uh, if there has been some, a uh, lot of discontinuity and dysfunction in the background. Yeah. All right. So thank you so much for your time. Thank you, Jesse. If you like the story today, please don't hesitate to spread the love, share it, like it, and subscribe to hear more. If you want to share a story from your life about an encounter with God, please don't hesitate to email me at kingdomstoriespodcast at gmail.com. Stay safe and remember, the kingdom is among us.